How's everybody doing? My name is Sina Palavon and welcome back to another episode of the Talk Too Much podcast. This is episode number 62 and this week I interviewed Boomer, the founder of Landvault. Landvault is a digital construction company. Yes, you heard me right. It's a digital construction company. They do construction in the metaverse. Yes, that's that's a thing. That is a thing now. I've been saying this on my show for a while. We're going into the digital realm. Things like this will happen. Companies like this will arise. There's going to be a need. Everything you need in the physical world, you're going to need in the virtual world at some point. A digital construction company is one of the most ingenious ideas to start with and nowadays at this early stage of the NFT space uh, because everybody needs that, uh, right? As these virtual worlds are starting to pop up, everybody's going to want land and whatever popular virtual world there is they're going to sell land nfts everybody's going to want those and every piece of land you know you can develop on it so this is actually an ingenious idea boomer uh land vaults not only a digital construction company let me be more clear they're the digital construction company they are the best digital construction company in the nft space right now i'd say they have a six by six plot of land and sandbox uh, where they're going to have their headquarters, um, a gallery of shops uh, where you could shop NFTs. They're going to have an arena for performances. So they're they're not only building for other people, they're they're building for themselves as well. Uh, but the biggest thing about Landvault is really uh, who they're working with. They're building out massive games, massive plots all across sandbox. Sandbox throughout this interview, you're going to hear Boomer, and Boomer says his goal is to create, uh, to develop 1,600 plots in the sandbox. And that's about 1 100th, I believe, of the plots in the sandbox. And he wants Land Vault to have an effect on 1,600 plots. And right now, he even said they're doing about 14 a week. That is crazy. That is ridiculous volume. And that just goes to show you, when you come in this space right now, there's room to be one of the first and one of the best. And, and with such little competition, like if you find yourself, find your niche, um, find your footing in the space, you know, there could be wild success for you. So I, I really uh, was very fascinated by how Boomer's operating the space and where his head's at. Um, Boomer's also part of Ready Player DAO, uh, one of the founders of Ready Player DAO, which we touched in on, on that for a second too, on what play to earn is, where it's going, and just the future of the metaverse. You know, are we really there yet? You know, is the metaverse ready for mainstream adoption? Are we still a little too early? That's really what we focus this episode around um, because the truth of the matter is as gung-ho as I am, as we all are about the metaverse, um, and as much as we believe that it will reach mainstream adoption one day and everybody will spend eight hours a day in a VR slash AR setting at some point, uh, the question is where are we right now? You know, right now, Bitcoin ETFs just started popping up. <clears throat> Other countries just started accepting Bitcoin as legal tender. So for me, it's just like, Wow. We keep saying we're early, we're early, we're early. That might be like a corny saying that everybody says just to, you know, get attention or whatever because it's a, a popular saying. But the truth of the matter is we're prehistorically early. And, and it's it's kind of hard to think about where you think of where we are in the world right now. But we are so early. Like we are in the wagon stage. If this is like compared to like the car industry, we are for sure in the wagon stages. Like we are still developing the wagon. We have not even, I don't know if we've reached the Ford automobile yet. Um, that's just the truth of the matter. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Um, I really want you guys to focus on metaverse building, uh, digital construction company. As I said, is the metaverse ready for mainstream adoption? And then also, I want you to think of as well, play to earn mechanisms, play to earn gaming. How do all these NFT projects 
fit into play to, certain play to earn mechanisms like or what play to earn mechanisms can bridge together all these nft projects now it could be a game it could be uh, something and more in real life that uh, has game theory in it not like an actual video game what can it be that what's the next stage of the nft space basically that's the question of the day so without further ado let's get into the episode the graph is an indexing protocol used to query data from blockchains, player-to-player -player networks, or just storage networks like IPFS. Why is the graph so important? No application can be built upon these networks without the graph. Think about how long it would take to find one piece of data without the graph. The graph lets you index any blockchain, any storage network, any player-to-player -player network, and grab whatever piece of data you need to build the application you're building. The graph also makes data an open market. You can signal your favorite subgraphs on the graph's decentralized network to earn more GRT. That's right, data is an open market. You can earn more GRT by picking the right subgraphs. The graph also has the subgraph studio, where you can actually create your own subgraph and publish it on the graph's decentralized network. This means other indexers can come in and signal on your subgraph. Connect your wallet to the Graph's website and start signaling other subgraphs or publish your own subgraph today to earn more GRT. Developers, crypto investors, NFT collectors. Wherever you find yourself on the Web3 spectrum, the Graph is without a doubt one of the most vital protocols to your niche's success. Web3 marks the ushering in of a new technological era. What this means is that all data is stored and processed on open networks with verifiable integrity. And the Graph makes all this data accessible to you in a fast, easy, and secure manner. Visit thegraph.com or check out any of their social media pages to find out how you can play a role in their ecosystem. So, thank you so much uh, for doing this for me. Um, I've been following what you've been doing at Land Vault for a while now. Um, I've also been following Sandbox for a while. I actually had an interview with their marketing director on here like three months back. And I'm actually very excited for the release of sandboxes alpha and especially with how uh, organizations like land vault and other ones how they're going to play a part in the sandboxes development so to start this off mr boomer if you could please introduce yourself and ex introduce to my audience what exactly land vault is mr boomer is my dad so okay. let's go by boomer <laughs> boomer okay got you boomer oh man thanks for <laughs> thank you i mean this will be really fun um so land vault um, we, we are a couple things. One is, uh, we have a community, a fantastic community of, uh, Genesis, uh, holders of our NFTs. And it was really our, uh, test case to see if people were ready for metaverse exposure and perks within the metaverse. So we own quite a bit of land in sandbox and we are building, uh, certain things like our plaza and Genesis holders will, um, have a, basically a lifetime lease. Uh, to the shop as long as they own a certain amount of our uh, Genesis tokens. And there's some other perks that are immortalized in our uh, floating city up in the sky that we're building. And uh, everywhere we kind of go, they're going to get perks if, if Land Vault has perks. Um, the second piece of Land Vault is that uh, we don't just develop for ourselves, but we develop for others. And we are one of the largest, if not the largest builder for Sandbox or in Sandbox and part of their Game Maker Fund. Uh, which allows us to create avatars and wearables and mint things as well as um, do a bunch of uh, building for uh, other projects and clients of ours. 
that's actually really impressive too. Uh, I I love how you guys like really took full advantage of being part of their uh, uh, what's it called their game game maker fund their game maker fund because I remember I applied for that when it first came out when I first interviewed Marcus I was just like oh this is interesting I just never followed through but I I was gonna ask you because you said a couple interesting things there that caught my attention you said um, are people ready for metaverse exposure and I think that's like the the question of the day overarching the metaverse concept um what what did you what do you think if you were to answer your own question what do you what would you say to that question i think a majority of the people would like something but want it to be super simple like as easy as that jpeg looks cool i buy that but there is a whole subset of people and these are our people that have realized that the metaverse is going to change the way that we communicate it's going to change the way that we play games going to change the way that we own things and that we buy things it's also going to probably change the way that brands end up marketing to us which is going to be really fascinating to see how that uh, interconnectivity will happen it'll allow games to be interoperable Uh, so one nft in one game will be used as another nft in another game and they'll have different maybe perks Uh, but the metaverse will allow that interoperability and so when we put out the Genesis token, it didn't sell out right away. We are anti-FOMO everything. We actually just launched another NFT and we didn't even start telling people until it was already out. Uh, we did the opposite of, of kind of the FOMO marketing because we really want to know, do people want this stuff, right? It's not about making massive amounts of ETH. It's figuring out where's the attention, what's the market want, uh, what does our community want? And with the exposure to the metaverse, they are ready and they are interested. And now it's at the point where it's just still confusing and daunting and a little bit of uh, over, it's a little overwhelming for them to to go, okay, well, I want exposure. Now I gotta go figure out which one I like. Is it Sandbox, Decentraland, Somnium, CryptoVoxels, Nifty Island? What is it? Okay, I chose Sandbox. Great, now what do I do? I have this empty piece of land uh, they said I could build a game. How the heck do I do that? How do I build an environment? How do I lay brick? What's Game Maker? Right? The, that's the way that we end up developing uh, to drop stuff onto the land and mint it on the land. What's Fox Edit? That's where we're building our, our assets, our wearables, our avatars. It is very complicated to do some of those things. Some of it is really easy. Sandbox has made it where there's no code. You can just go in and start laying down brick. We can all do that, but it'll take someone very talented to make it look good. So there's a lot of barriers still to entry and it's still overwhelming for a lot of people. And we get lots and lots of projects that reach out to us. Very familiar household names that we're building for right now. Some we've publicized, some we haven't. But they come to us, the majority of them, and they say, hey, our community wants metaverse exposure. The heck does that mean? What do we do? Can you help us? So a lot of what Landwald is doing now is bringing some of these projects to the metaverse in a way that not only their communities can enjoy, but so could ours as a land vault Genesis holders. So you guys are in a way like the ultimate digital construction company, one of the first of its kind. Would you say that to be correct in a way? It's a very boring pick and shovel play, if you will, like in the, in the gold rush days. Hey, you said it best. That's a very fantastic saying. My friend just said that exact quote to me the other day. He said during a gold rush, there's two types of winners. The winners, the people who actually get the gold and the people who provide those people with picks and shovels. Yep. Yeah, that, that, 
that's kind of how I feel about. Uh, so I, I currently build out NFT projects for brands, and that's what that's where my friend said that to me is you don't always have to be the guy getting the gold. You could just give people the picks and shovels. You give people the tools to succeed, right? And still, they have to draw in their communities, um, just like we do, right? We're part of that. On the other side, we're building our plaza, which has seventy shops and four thousand NFT spots, and you know we're bringing in traffic for are Genesis holders. And so a lot of the perks that they're going to get are going to be uh, ancillary to the traffic. So our whole goal, because we own what I would consider to be the best piece of property in all of Sandbox. Sandbox calls uh, the zone where everyone loads in as hub one. And we own a six by six right up attached to hub one. Oh, really? so that's where our plaza is. That's where our tower is going to be. Our Coliseum with audio video streaming and having concerts. That's where we're putting what we call Avatar Land. In short, that's uh, basically Disneyland for DGENs. It's got about 25 different projects that uh, we have brought in and we're building on shared plots, uh, whether it's hideouts or marketplaces or other fun things uh, built into there. And we're trying to bring in some bigger brands, some advertising opportunities could be coming in uh, for those uh, that are part of the plaza. There's just all sorts of things, but it it is going to depend on traffic. So we want to bring in as much traffic as possible and we want to help as many communities as possible. And we think we can do that with that prime location. So I, to, to the first thing I want to touch on is before I even comment on what you said is, do you think that the sandbox or even metaverse technology is up to date in the sense of, for me, I feel like to really break into the mainstream, it has to emulate real life. And I, you, you mentioned something, a lot of smart things there. You said, that the land vaults land is going to contain a plaza full of 70 shops, 4,000 NFT spots. That's something like very interesting. And I was going to ask you to, in regards to that, as me, let's say I'm a consumer. Let's say I go through these shops. How, how am I in, how am I buying things? Can I like, as, as, a, as my avatar in the sandbox, when I look at a wall and there's like an item uh, being advertised there, will it have a link to the website? How exactly would I go about purchasing uh, stuff from these shops? It depends what the assets are. Um, so one of the first things you'll see is land vaults uh, going to have uh, an anchor store, just like a lot of our community. And our anchor store is going to have a ton of avatars and wearables that we have created. And so those are actually going to be sold through Sandbox's marketplace. So you'll be able to click and purchase right inside the game using sand and be able to change into your avatar or put on your wearables right away. There'll be other things that you could buy. So let's say there's NFTs on the wall. It could be of apes or doodles or uh, cool cats or whatever it is. And you'd be able to click out and it would take you probably right to OpenSea because that's probably what the shop owner is using in terms of, of that. But, you know, there's other marketplaces out there and you might be able to, it opens up a window and then you turn around, you can purchase from there. It could be anything. It could be that a business decides that they want to, advertise that they are, I don't know, I'm going to throw out a random idea. Say it's a cruise line and they're like, Hey, we're going to build a giant cruise ship and let you walk through the cabin and see everything as we're going along. And Hey, by the way, we can go to Bermuda and Hawaii and a bunch of other places. Uh, obviously I'm us based. So I was using some us examples. I apologize for, for those that aren't, uh, but you know, some really nice tropical destinations where they could go. And it might be that you could book like right from there, you click out and it goes right to a booking site with a discount because you came in through their metaverse spot. There's ways to track the clicks, just like, you know, normal 
Uh, turns out you just do it with cloaked links. So I think that there's enough tech outside of the metaverse that's going to allow advertising uh, and product placement uh, to be really cleverly put into the experience without jamming a billboard in your face uh, or doing what Facebook does to us is we are the product and we're scrolling and you see an ad every you know three posts. I don't think it'll feel like that. I think it'll be more cleverly disguised inside of things. Well, un until Facebook releases their metaverse, then they'll figure out a way to do that in Web3. Well, then uh, we're still the product and we're still going to get treated. And we all know that they're going to probably create something awesome. But it Facebook, is... yeah. It's probably going to be amazing, right? Yeah. But we're the product. We're not going to probably be able to take anything outside that ecosystem and everything is going to live in it and we won't probably own anything. So I, I actually 100% agree with that. I would say that um, I was thinking about how they're going to attack it. They're for sure investing. If this is Facebook doing this, it has to be one of the greatest ex metaverse experiences we can have. But at the same time, I believe, just like you said, every single movement or step in that metaverse will be tracked and and recorded um and sold to the highest bidder yeah exactly that's the that's that's for sure and so i do believe but can i i just want to say though <clears throat> just to comment on that because that's an interesting topic is even though we can all agree that it is probably going to be in quote unquote evil more so i do believe that they're gonna uh program it to be a very very efficient marketing platform so I do believe like we'll be incentivized to use it to advertise our brands in a way. I just don't think uh, I just think there's going to be much more genuine platforms that we could spend our time on that are going to be much more integrated into Web3 than Facebook. Do you agree with that? Uh, yes, I, I think if we look at even traditional games, right, like I can go on and pop on Apex and go play and shoot some people and have some fun. Right. I can go buy their cosmetics and be excited that I've got a rare skin that came out i have no idea how many they sold i actually don't really own it it's kind of like i'm leasing it from uh, the game studio because i can't move it anywhere it sits on there i can't trade it but i'm having a good time right it's fun it's entertaining it costs me you know next to nothing to play the game now right an xbox live membership whatever but i don't own anything i can't move it i can't i can't do anything with that other than enjoy it in game that's a traditional game right metaverse games are going to allow me to say well, hey, maybe I bought that really cool armor set and I've been playing with it, but you know what? I'm getting old and just like my profile picture, I'll change it out every once in a while. So I'm going to take off this set and I'm going to put on a different set that I found or that I purchased. And then I can go sell that set, right? Because I own that set. So when we look at metaverse and, and what is going to be done outside of the big corporations, things like Sandbox, this allows you to have true ownership of it. It's still more difficult. It's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter like uh, it probably is going to be with Facebook, but there's a lot of things you can do and you actually have the ownership. And I think that's what it is going to boil down to is do people want to own that thing or do they want to basically rent that thing from a corporation? Let, let me ask you this, because I 100% I agree with that. And I'm starting to even think further right now in the future. Let's say I'm walking down. Let's say you build a, a shop on in Land Vault's land, uh, in Avatar land, or wherever one of wherever these 70 shops are. And one of them is dedicated to kitchen utensils. And I know, I know that's weird. I'm saying, do you think that, like, okay, as the NFTs are displayed on a wall, do you think that you could link, let's say, to a website that sells a, a specific kitchen utensil and the kitchen utensil can be displayed on the wall. Do you think uh, something like that can happen with instead of NFTs or maybe you NFT 
uh, real life items. My point is, I, I believe that once once you could sell any type of item, and I think this is where I was it goes. This is where the saying goes, where I said that everything will be an NFT is because I'm starting to realize everything will need to be sold as an NFT throughout the metaverse. But do you see, do you think that that's a possibility when the sandbox releases that we could, for example, instead of just selling any like art, we could sell NFTs linked to kitchen utensils, to car parts, stuff like that. I think let's, let's back out really quick without the metaverse component real quick. I want to buy a pair of dope shoes at Nike. I go on a Nike. I could have the option if Nike was set up this way with Web3 that I'm buying the NFT and I'm just getting physical delivery of said shoe. Right? That that could occur, right? You'd have to give them some info. It's not like it's trading on OpenSea like they need shipping info and all that stuff. But there is a an easy way right now with current tech to do that. So why couldn't Nike then go in inside of a metaverse, let's say like sandbox and build a giant ass shoe and you walk in the shoe and now it's a whole bunch of shoes all around that link out to their site, which essentially allows you to buy the NFT and, and take physical delivery. So it's, it's basically like a storefront as, as opposed. So the tech is already there and sandbox will allow you to click out to see things. So essentially everything can be pulled into the metaverse and it could actually change the entire way that we shop. I think that right there is ridiculous. I think that that I think that is going to change the game. Why not? I cannot wait for Sandbox to be released. I also noticed that you said that you're building a coliseum. And that brings me to my next point is because I asked Marcus about three months ago, is there video streaming that's going to be allowed on the Sandbox yet? Or how are you going to play your shows for DJs right now? Yeah, so there will be live audio video streaming um, and there is going to be the ability to play just recordings uh, of audio video that weren't live streamed, maybe that you had pre-streamed on Twitch or maybe it was a really dope YouTube video that you've already created that was perfectly edited. Um, that will be uh, the ability to do that. And so when we built the Coliseum, we built it as a huge one-by-one, -one, uh, like a massive Coliseum, and we're going to lock it. And the idea is that your ticket to come listen to the concert or to come Maybe it's, I don't know, let's look, stay with Nike for a second. And they're not paying me. Nike should, but they're not paying me. But we're going to use Nike as the example. All right, say they have a, a board meeting and they want to have it in the metaverse. You could end up locking it to only certain board members could walk in and be able to see it right there. You could have Marshmallow is going to end up playing some dope concert and maybe he's already sold his NFT and he said, hey, look, if you have this certain wearable, you get in for free. Otherwise, you have to buy it at the door. And the ticket at the door could be an NFT, but it also could be an avatar. It could be a wearable. It doesn't have to look like a normal NFT. It could be uh, an NFT of a T-shirt, right? And the T-shirt says, you know, Marshmallow is dope. And you look like him, whatever, and you can walk in. And then you can actually have NFTs being displayed everywhere of songs that he's created or other NFTs that are, are being sold there. Uh, it, there's all sorts of things that you can do, but there will be live audio video streaming. There will be the uh, ability to put video in um, and, and you'll be able to monetize that. That What, what, what do you mean monetize? Like, can you please be explain able to, a little bit? You'll be yeah. You'll be able to just like a, a typical concert, be able to go in and, and do it. What if what if, let's stay with Marshmallow? What if Marshmallow is performing live somewhere, but there's a way that for a very reduced price, uh, you could just watch the same concert in the metaverse. 
right? So I can't make it out to Vegas where he's playing, let's say, but I can, uh, I know if you're from Vegas now, but yeah, can you make it out to Vegas? Uh, so I'm going to end up watching it from home, uh, but I'm going to be, you know, partaking with potentially thousands or tens of thousands of people, uh, watching him on the big screen. He's performing this already. He just thought ahead and his team thought ahead and has, you know, a really cool setup, uh, set up right there when he's actually performing. Uh, and so it, it, it actually is an additional stream of revenue because they can charge for the wearables to get in like it's a ticket, right? And then while you're in there, you can end up selling other avatars and wearables that are maybe his, or you could sell NFT music or other NFTs that they maybe have launched. So uh, you're, you're saying, just to put in perspective, like in two years, or God, hopefully one year if I get bigger, <laughs> But you're saying that, let's say I could one day, like if I, I have land in Sandbox too, I've just been so torn on what to do with it. You're saying I could, I could for example, build a, a small little podcast arena and I could literally not let anybody in until unless they have a certain NFT of mine. And then I could come to my live show and listen to me, for example, have you and your ape on my show live. Like I could really charge people for that. If that's what you wanted to do. Or that's, you could say, that's crazy. Hey, I want to have exclusive access. Like, here's the NFT to everything that I'm doing, right? And part of that, you get a wearable. And that wearable allows you entrance into uh, my secret layer, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> and here, this is where not only you're going to get live recordings, you'll be able to, to watch me. But, like, also, if you want direct access, like, once a week, uh, Fridays at, at 3 p.m. Pacific, I'm going to jump in. And I just want to have a good conversation with you guys and gals. That, you, could, you could have exclusive access. Um, you know, there's so many different ways that um, you can reward people and that people can get access. This is why we're starting to see celebrities get in the mix. They're like, whoa, NFTs, like one cash grab. But some of them are taking it more seriously. And they're like, oh, wow, this is a way that I can connect with people without having to deal with some crap algorithm from Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Right. And so some of them are going to really lean into this. And their fans are going to be rewarded. And obviously monetary, they will be rewarded for doing that. But the fans are going to get a very custom, unique experience they wouldn't be able to get uh, just through traditional social. You know, what's interesting about you, Boomer, is you're a, you're kind of uh, attacking Sandbox in the way I, I was like originally thinking it should be attacked. You're not just focused solely on just creating a game in the Sandbox. And that's what I was going to ask you is, are, are, are you at all creating a game as well? Yeah, so we actually have a, a head of game dev that's uh, worked at multiple AAA studios. And um, you know, Zenga, Lucas, he's worked at Unity. Like he's fantastic and he's designed a few games for us. Some of the functionality is still limited within Sandbox. Like uh, as of we're recording, uh, there's no PvP. I can't go in and attack you. I can basically only create PvE games at the moment. Um, I saw in the developer tool that they're going to have the ability to like fire a weapon at other enemies, which is cool. So I know that eventually this will be I can fire at someone else. Um, there's no mounts in the game yet, flying or riding. I, I We don't have any logic on how that'll work. The, the water logic still isn't turned on. So... You jump in a big pool, you sink right to the bottom. There's no way to float, move, swim, nothing. Uh, all of those are coming. They're adding stuff all the time, but there's just a lot of limited functions. So right now, Land Vault is focused on building out all of these environments for everyone. And if a, you know one of these projects says, hey, but I really want to build a tower defense game. Awesome. We can build the whole environment knowing that that's what's going to go there. And then when all of the logic has been 
basically put in because Sandbox's whole thing is there's no code, right? They're writing all of it and then we get to use it. There's still a ton of work to do. Uh, but then we at least know, hey, the environments are set up, the level designs here. Now we can port the game and actually build the game for someone. So we're focused right now primarily exclusively just on environments. And I actually, I think that's to me when I thought, when I think of metaverse, I think that's the, the actually the better way to go about it. Um, I do believe that like this feature will be more developed when play to earn gaming is more of a global concept um, because I do believe play to earn gaming will take over everything. And I also believe like Sandbox's position to like follow that when that happens, I'm sure that like all these features will have to be added, especially PVP. I feel like that's a money getter for, for, for Sandbox for what it could be. Um, and I was going to ask you why, because you mentioned this earlier and there's a lot of, uh, I guess you could say environmental worlds like metaverses, like Somnium Space, Crypto Voxels, Decentraland, and even the new one, Nifty Island. Um, which I have you checked that one out yet? Like, do you know how it looks like and everything? Yeah, we're actually um, one of the developers for Nifty. Oh wow! How what can before I even ask you about uh, the question I was going to ask you is what what's your opinion on that? I haven't really seen how the the insides of how it looks. Like, what's your how do you see it compared to the other virtual worlds? I'm a huge fan of the team. So I like uh, kind of investing, if you will, in people. Um, Charles and his team are fantastic individuals. Um, have been very, I think, blessed by being able to talk with them quite a bit about their product and what they're releasing, what they're launching. Um, Nifty is going to look, I think, a lot better than the voxel-based stuff. Uh, it's, you know, you're building in uh, Maya and Blender. And um, so it's just a different look and, and feel. Um, some people really prefer voxels. Some people really hate voxels. So I think it's going to be very dependent on the person. Um, but it looks good. It's clean. Um, it is going to be a little more difficult in the beginning to build and dev for. Uh, eventually, their marketplace will take care of some of that. Um, but it's uh, it's still in its infancy. They, they're just basically getting MVP out. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited to see what they end up creating um, and all the functionality that they end up building in uh, to Nifty Island. How, how does it? So you said it's built in Maya and Blender. So it's is it very very comparable to Somnium Space, for example? Uh, it's not going to have a VR component, uh, but it'll look very high quality. Like Somnium looks very high quality. Um, it's very difficult to build inside there as well. Mm -hmm. um, Somnium has the other kind of uh, issue is that it is in VR, which is a blessing and a curse. I think um, it's a, a blessing because eventually things will move to VR but they are going to be very limited by not their talents and their, their skills and, and how beautiful Somnium is. They're limited by the cost of the tech to get in and to really truly experience it. So they need to wait for hardware to catch up. So everyone, even the scholars in a play to earn model can use VR when Oculus can come in and anyone can afford one. That is when Somnium is going to take off. I actually really uh, agree with that 100%. I'm actually also curious myself as to when that date will be, when VR and AR integration will be like mainstream. I'm very, very curious as to how that happens. Why did you choose Sandbox out of all of them? Yeah, so I think Sandbox, one has, uh, I've joked and said they're the, the pretty girl in high school that everyone wants to hang out with and be around. All the IP is moving into there. Mm -hmm. They have massive amounts of Snoop Dogg and... <laughs> They've got. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually love that analogy that. now because every collection that came out this year, first thing they said was sandbox, sandbox, sandbox. 
Yeah. Well, it was kind of some herd mentality, right? And some of it was was actually Marcus with marketing, right? Mm-hmm. He positioned it really well. Um, but it, it, you know, with with Walking Dead and Snoop Dogg and oh yeah, um, you know, and, and a lot of the Avatar projects, um, it was a kind of an easy sell. Once a few went in, they all ended up following. Um, but that's where that conversation I was mentioning before comes and takes place. Of okay, hey, I bought this land. Now what do I do? Right, and that's what we're sandbox. That's what we are doing at Land Vault is trying to help people figure out what it is they want to create. We do all the design, we do all the development and make it so it's pretty turnkey for their communities. Don't you think also that Sandbox, like when I was looking at Sandbox out of all the virtual worlds, I think that they made it very like builder friendly. They said, hey, we want you guys to build. And they made it like Vox Edit is a I think it's the best, easiest, as well as as the most features out of any uh, Vox Edit software. And I love how it's compatible with other Vox Edit softwares. Do you see that like do you see because you just mentioned the barrier of entry for Somnium was harder and that might be a curse right in the short term. But I would uh, say on the opposite end for Sandbox, the barrier for entry is uh, much easier. Do you think that that's a benefit for Sandbox in the short term? A short and long term, 100%. Like I think it is way easier to develop. Uh, you also have 300 million Minecraft players. So when you have a voxel-based whole environment and you've got 300 million people that are 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 liking it and they're paying to play and then they don't get paid at all uh, and they'll end up figuring out hey look i can come over here and potentially own land and i can develop i can play games i can build games i can do all this fun stuff and i actually own it that is going to cause a tidal wave of new entrants into the market Um, some of them will not join of course some of them are kids they don't have disposable income that's cool too Uh, but eventually the herd will come and funnel into sandbox and everyone here that's building right now and that's owning land right now is going to be i think really well rewarded and when those herds start coming in and when sandbox is live i think the brands are then going to take notice because the brands all they care about is where's the attention they don't care about much about the tech right they're looking at where's all the attention because with attention i can sell products so I think that's when brands will start to really pay attention. There's some early ones now with Atari and, you know, with Walking Dead. That's awesome. But those aren't the brands that I think are going to come. I think we're going to end up seeing the Nikes and even the Walmarts and the Amazons and all of that will end up coming. Amazon could take, uh, you know, a giant section. You could be shopping inside the metaverse as opposed to scrolling in their app. Amazon would try and buy every piece of land in Sandbox. (laughs) They might. They might try that. They might do that. Who knows? We don't know. Do you, what do you think? Okay, so let me ask you this. So two questions. Um, so number one, obviously, that would be kind of hard because there's already so many current holders of land. So you don't have to worry too much about it becoming centralized by Amazon. Be just because, like, for example, I'm sure you, you're not giving up your piece of land. And I'm sure there's other builders. Like, I probably won't give up my piece of land for a while as well. Uh, but even if I do, it's a one by one. Uh, what I was going to say is, you just talked about all these external brands and that right there, when I have a feeling, I don't know when it could be sometime in the next two years, five years, 10 years, when they come in the space, I was thinking the same thing is, is this, you just mentioned earlier, there's 300 million Minecraft users. There's only two to 3 million, uh, uh, Coinbase NFT, uh, pre-release signups. So that means there's only two to three million people that are currently on the wait list for a coin, Coinbase NFT to like use the platform. So to me, when what do you think happens like 
if even 10% of that 300 million just come in the space and they discover sandbox, I think that just that alone could just move the entire community by miles. So what I was going to say is now that like you put it in that perspective, and I, this is the corniest question, but just how early are we exactly like in, in this whole metaverse concept? Because it seems like we're, we say all the time we're still early, but like when we have this conversation just now and you lay it out like that, it seems like we're even earlier than you think. Yeah, I think with the metaverse, even the people in the NFT space that are you know, trading the, the JPEGs around, the apes, the cool cats, the whatever, they're not completely sold and, and understand the metaverse yet. And I'm talking like big influencers all the way down to someone who just bought their first or second NFT. Everyone across the board is still uncomfortable with the whole metaverse concept. They get it high level. They don't get the functionality. They don't think through, hey, could brands actually end up coming? What the, could that look like? How could this monetization be possible? So when you're like, hey, there's two to three million wallets that are going to you know, hit Coinbase's NFT market, that's great. Probably 10% of those people actually understand the metaverse. So I think the amount of exposure that's coming just within the community is huge. And then if you said, hey, let's just add one more percent of Minecraft players, just Minecraft, not Roblox or anything else, just Minecraft into this, the whole size of that doubles. But now they understand the metaverse because they are going to understand the gaming and the building and the actual ownership piece there. So I think there's two massive uh, forces that are going to come like back-to-back tidal waves when people actually wake up and go, huh, this isn't NFTs aren't just good to trade these digital pictures, right? There's so many more use cases. I mean, we could talk about real estate. You could talk about other collectible, like there's a I mean, products, there's so many things that are coming, but specifically with NFTs in the metaverse, even our current 2 million people that are it's probably not 2 million, that's probably quite a few people made some extra email addresses and went into Coinbase to do that. But let's just say that it is 2 million. Like even the majority of those people don't fully understand yet the, the capability of the metaverse and where it could go and how it could change from how we communicate. Discord could go away. Like we could be communicating completely in the metaverse for for what for do you mean by it? so how, how, you just said Discord can go away? That's an easy easily accessible chat app. How would we replicate that in the metaverse? By actually talking, by actually jumping in and having conversation. I, I mean, I don't know who out there is listening is is played, but I think a lot of people played something like World of Warcraft. Yeah, right. And you go and you raid and you have fun. You build a community. You're part of a guild, whatever it is. And part of your downtime in between farming, questing, raiding, whatever, is jumping around on your mount or doing something outside the auction house, but just playing and talking to people in voice chat, right? I think that that community, this NFT community is is so hooked into Twitter and Discord, it's all text-based. We don't have that capability yet to go and actually build something unique to our community and jump in and play in a more game environment. Decentraland and Somnium and Cryptovoxes are open, but none of those are game-first environments. Those are social environments, but they're not they're not put together in a way that I think Sandbox is going to be put together. And I think that Sandbox, at least initially, is going to change the way that we start communicating. I think that in terms of how early are we, I kind of compare it to like tech and, and the tech companies. 
I think we're past Netscape, but I think we're entering in like AOL and Yahoo. I think we're that early. Um, and remember, there's still billions of dollars to be made there. We're all thinking back going like AOL sucked. Like, yeah, that's okay. But at the time it was revolutionary and chat rooms like what? Mind blown, right? That's I think where we're at right now. And then there's going to be a whole nother wave of tech in the next probably three to five years that's going to come and make sandbox and everything else uh, even better. So I don't think there's going to be one clear winner. I think that people will evolve and those that can't evolve will, will not make it. And that's okay. We need them as stepping stones to get to something where we're now at Apple, Microsoft, Google, and the large companies like that. You, you mentioned just now something very interesting because to me, everything ties together and you just mentioned people are going to form guilds. And so I'm of, uh, let me know if you agree with this, but I'm of the belief that, that everything in our society in 20 years, like we will make money through play to earn gaming. I really believe that I, I believe robots will take over commonplace jobs. And I believe that our main method of income will be heading into AR, VR integrated environments and playing block or play to earn games for income. For me, when I look at all these NFT projects, even let's say a hotel out here in Las Vegas, like Resorts World or The Win, if they were to come out with a 10K NFT project that serves as a as a, a exclusive club of loyal investors and supporters, technically, in that play-to-earn situation, no matter what use case is behind that 10K project, that could be a guild if everybody's doing play-to-earn gaming. So I kind of look at all these projects as as kind of guilds in a way, or, or even no, cool cats, bored apes, whatever it may be, they could, in a play-to-earn, in, in a global play-to-earn environment, that they could in a way be like a guild, like a, a an esports team in a way. So I was going to ask you is, what I was going to ask you is, do you believe that our society, number one, is headed in that direction? And then number two, I was going to ask you is, how does that play out? Like how, for me personally, I as I, I told you, I'm, I'm kind of stressed out these last two days because I'm building out projects for key brands I said earlier, and one of them is an esports team. And I really, really like want to attack the, the gap between esports and NFTs. And I was thinking about what to do. And I, then I started to realize, well, uh, everything can be kind of like a guild, an esports team. So what I guess what I was going to ask you is, as the metaverse grows bigger, as the sandbox grows bigger, and all these more games start popping out up throughout the sandbox, do you think that being part of a guild um, or being part of that type of community will be important to your success? So I, taking that and looking at, uh, at human behavior, we all like to, whether they admit it or not, the majority of us, I will say, are hurting type mentalities and behaviors, right? We like to be together. We like to socialize together. We like to play together. We like to eat together, like to drink together. So I think a lot of people are going to find the camaraderie. They're going to find enjoyment in, in guilds and being a part of something bigger than themselves, right? Board ape took off and it, it's because not because of, of the art. I love my ape. I have two apes. I minted 19 of those things. I love board apes. Okay. But it, it wasn't where it's at because of the art. Yeah. It's here because of what was built within the community. The founders, gave the groundwork and every single person took the reins and ran with it, right? The community is what built out a bigger community, 
right? They all went in different directions. There was those that created wine, those that created skateboards, those that created development companies like Land Vault, right? There was those that created other projects. And it was, hey, if you do this, like apes get it for free, right? I think the, the Arabian Camels did that with the NFT Media Box guys. Like we saw so many cool things being created out of the apes. It wasn't the apes that started it as the founders and, and forced everyone into this community. We all found each other and then we all grew. So I think as the metaverse grows, uh, just like traditional gaming, guilds will be formed. Uh, they're like corporations, maybe they're DAOs, but guilds will be formed. They will start to have community wallets. They will start to own their own assets. And this is where it gets really fun and interesting because in traditional games, it's really hard to own anything other than the players playing and you like an esports team, right? You can turn into a business because you can get sponsors and monetize outside of that. Maybe they're Twitch streaming and they're getting some ad revenue, right? But you can't say, oh, but I bought this in game and now I own those assets. That doesn't exist in traditional gaming. Whereas metaverse and, and gaming built on blockchain, you now can own those things. So guilds are going through. So an each sports team is playing uh, League of Legends equivalent in the blockchain and they're owning these special skins and they're owning these special characters and maybe they get these special rewards uh, because they are really good. They could turn around and potentially monetize those by selling those off or that sits in their community treasury and now they're actually, their balance sheet is growing because they are good at the game. And games should reward really good people with special perks, special armor, special titles. All of those things should be able to be transferred via NFT on the blockchain and transfer that ownership. And there is going to be value derived from that. You can take it a step further and say, well, this esports team is building out a really dope thing in the, in the metaverse, right? In Sandbox, they're building out their big base. And inside the base, they're going to give a special NFT perk uh, to anyone who buys their NFTs. They're going to give a special perk where you're immortalized up on the wall as a supporter of us, an early adopter, an early founder. Uh, inside there, we'll do special streams with you. You get to meet and do, you know, player meet and greets or talk to the coaches, talk to the staff who's behind the players that's organizing all these things. You get to follow along with them as they're tra traveling tournament to tournament and playing there. You get to watch how they practice, how they scrimmage, how they strategize. All of those things, the behind the scenes can be accessible and unlocked with an NFT. And that NFT could be traded. So as the the esports team is building this up and building a big brand around themselves and the, their balance sheet's increasing because people are buying and trading their NFT and they're gaining royalties. They also get advertisers. I mean, I could go on and on, right? And this is just a random question that you gave me. Like these are just some of the highlights and things that could be built. And all of it is going to stem in from Web3, NFTs, blockchain, and now you're adding in the game component and the metaverse component to give that exclusive access without being gated by Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. This is where things are going to explode to the upside. And I think everyone is going to congregate around things that they enjoy, things that they love, things that they want more access to, um, or finding like-minded people like the apes found like-minded people that enjoy what they do. The punks are another one. Punks is uh, Hey, you're a punk. I'm a punk. It, it is a sign that you understand that this is where we're going and that you're willing to put a lot of money behind 
your beliefs, right? I think apes are, are very close behind the punks yeah. with how much it costs to, to now join the club and you're potentially, you know, viewed by, by normies or the outsiders is you're crazy for owning something that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Or they respect um, you now. I think that it's kind it's of starting to shift, but it's still a very small percentage of the population actually understands it. Oh, yeah. And whether we like it or not, it's going to take some of the big brands who have the attention or some of the big celebrities who have the attention to come into the space, whether it's good or bad, whether we like them or not, it's going to take some of them to bring more people into the space. And once they're in, they're hooked, but it's getting them in initially. That that's interesting. When you, when you say that my brain just started thinking of like all these big brands and it, it is about like, I was just thinking about how do you, how do you go up to them and approach them about this and just saying, Hey, you know, you guys should really start investing in play to earn gaming or, or the NFT space in general. Um, because I do believe that just like you said, as big brands have to come in, there's also like a, a, a patient process you have to have with them. Like, I feel like if you were to go pitch a big brand, you can't automatically go to metaverse. You have to start 10K collectible project, show them the revenue stream and really make it a little bit more mainstream and generic. Because um, just like you said, I do believe that uh, this this tidal wave's coming at some point in the next three to five years. Um, and so I, I think that everything, I guess what I'm trying to say is every brand, wherever its place may be in society, has its way of integrating into the space. Um, I, I, I mentioned I created a thread earlier and I said there's two bright types of uh, brands growing the space. Brands like Land Vault, who have grown organically within the space, that you guys are the true builders of the space. And brands on the outside looking in saying, oh, wow, that's a great idea. You know, I might be able to use some of that. They're the ones that, just like you said, have the eyes, the consumers, because at the end of the day, we do need their attention to break through that mainstream media, the c consumers behind them. So I guess to, to end this off, because I know I've been talking for a while. If, well, I'm going to be really quick yeah. just to, to say, hey, starting with the 10K projects, that's where we're at. But that's yeah. not how people are going to get introduced long term. I actually think when we can take the metaverse and break it down really simply, hey, do you want to own land on the Las Vegas Strip or in Times Square? You're like, well, hell yeah, I would own that. It costs, what, hundreds of millions of dollars probably yeah. at this point. Okay. Well, some of that land is still available where there's going to be lots of attention traded on these things as people come in to say something like Sandbox or another Sandbox competitor. And you can actually own that. You can decide that you want to monetize it and throw up a billboard and be super cheap and just bank the land. Great. Do you want to build a game and try to capture some of that audience? You can do that. But for a big brand, you look at it and say, it's digital real estate. All the same fundamentals apply. You're not going to go buy in the very bottom corner and expect to have tons and tons of foot traffic. <laughs> You're just like, I'm not going to go buy way outside of, you know, town in the desert uh, and hope that people are going to walk by me just like they do on the strip. That's not, that's not going to happen. Right. But you can still, you can look at location, location, location with normal real estate, right? Digital real estate is going to be a new asset class. And you can turn around and you can build fun, engaging experiences. It's like a giant business card for brands. Just give them fun stuff to entertain and play and do. And your brand doesn't have to be shoved in their face like an ad. It could be like, hey, this is done by, let's keep with Nike. 
You're playing on a giant Nike shoe. It's just got the swoosh. You don't have to have any other branding other than your dang logo, right? And people know exactly, oh, this whole experience is the Nike experience. And it only takes one brand to actually figure that out. And then just like us as humans, we all herd together in these guilds and do these things. One brand figures this out, one major brand, and they all will join. Not to mention, though, you you keep you mentioned location, 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 just like in real life. The cool thing about digital real estate, for example, is when I was buying my piece of land, at first I was a little bit bummed out when I found out I, I actually bought a piece of land away from uh, from the central loading station because that's what I was targeting too. But then I also saw that, for example, I built my, my land's next door neighbors to Care Bears. And like that, that's something to me, like even though it's not far, not close to the central loading port, like stuff like that, where there's like other big brands building within the space and I'm neighbors with the Care Bear, stuff like that. To me, there's just more opportunities, even if there's land, there's in digital real estate, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's opportunities to create, there's more opportunities to create revenue streams in the sense of you could just buy a piece of land next to one of these big brands. Because as you said earlier, Atari's in the space as well, uh, Care Bears, The Walking Dead, Snoop Dogg. You know, these aren't just small brands. There's a reason they're kind of already interested in it. I think they've positioned themselves like very early to see where the space grows. But I just view that to me, like when I was when I first got in the NFT space, before all of one of one art, before all these other projects, they weren't out at the time. My central focus was land. I thought that was just the most logical buy. I was like digital real estate. Like, yeah. And that's when Sandbox was just the the, the best. Uh, I guess I, I also like you. I don't know what you believe exactly, but I believe Sandbox is currently the best metaverse because of the barrier for entry. The Vox Edit, I'm a big fan of Vox Edit. And I also think out of any voxel designs, I think you might agree with me. I think Sandbox's voxel designs are like a grade above. They have shading, lighting on them and stuff like that. Well, you'll be able to also mint custom bricks and blocks and assets. Oh, and yeah, really? Now um, that are going to be different colors. We're, we're building for a fantastic a uh, group of guys young and sick and their colors are extremely bright i saw that on your twitter you guys uh, have been advocating for them. so it's gonna be cool yeah we we love them they're super talented and we're doing a build out for them on a three by three uh up in euphoria and they have all custom brick is going to be electric it is going to be so bright and so cool um and and we're able to do that um one because we we can mint uh but but two um i think everyone will get to experience something cool custom uh as they're building and, and doing things in some point in sandbox and that's because of the the current tech that they are deploying so it is easier to build the buried entry is a little bit lower um, it's still a barrier to entry and that is something that future metaverse will have to figure out um but you know like we said we're, we're still pretty early in terms of of aol and and yahoo days but i think there's there's so much more fun stuff that's coming and uh we're excited to participate in the space i, I couldn't agree more and i was going to ask you to to end this off i asked all my guests this um i've been actually to, this was actually very like informational for me personally um i was going to ask you if you, i had a conversation with you a year from now what's one prediction you would have for number one where the metaverse will be in our society and the concept of it and number two, where will Land Vault be as well? So Land Vault will probably be triple to quadruple the size in terms of the amount of builders. We have uh, 10 builders that work with us now. 
Um, so we're, like I said, we're, we're pretty much Sandbox's largest uh, and probably most efficient builder. Um, we do about 10 plots per week, whereas the oh, typical okay. builder does like one plot every two to three weeks. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're doing quite a bit of work. Um, I think we'll triple, so maybe quadruple the output. Um, our goal is to do 1% of, of the amount of land in Sandbox, which Sandbox is 160,000 plots. So we'd like to do 1,600 plots in the next like 14, 15 months. We think that is achievable if we continue to grow the team with really high quality builders and, uh, and trust the, the process of our head of voxel dev and our head of game dev. Uh, we're really hoping to start being able to build some really cool games. So that is heavily dependent on Sandbox releasing uh, the code in, in order to build those things. We're really hoping to see that um, come out. Uh, we're probably going to continue to purchase more land uh, like we do. Uh, we love where we're at. And um, I think the metaverse will obviously, I would should say, hopefully be open uh, live. We're all participating in it. And I think that is going to be uh, another major source of excitement uh, in the space. And hopefully uh, Landvolt's there to assist any project that needs help in building out a custom experience. Uh, we also have some semi-custom things that we've either released or are about to release. We probably have like 10 or 12 builds at, at this time of recording uh, that we haven't released. That'll be for individuals who don't want something custom but want something on their land. So we released like a giant uh, floor to ceiling. So it's like 18 stories high. Uh, board ape. It wait, is wait, you can do that on one piece of land. Oh yeah. You can go super high and you can actually go down a bit. Um, so we, we created like an 18 story board ape. It's, it's actually my ape to start cause I have commercial right on it. Um, but we're doing semi custom apes. We'll make your ape on there. Uh, we built our own little derivative of the yacht club, a little you know, piece of uh, land, some water an Island. Um, we're going to start selling more of those for different uh, projects and, and other things. So people can, um, in a very affordable way, drop things on their land and be excited about what's there without having to spend a bunch of money for something super custom because maybe they don't need it. Maybe they just want literally their one piece of plot to be for them and showcase their NFTs and be able to invite people over and maybe audio video stream or or maybe just have music be playing uh, while they're there. Uh, and experiencing that. So we're, we're trying to build something even more cost-effective uh, for those that want to um, enjoy Sandbox as well. So that's where I see us kind of in the next you know, 12 to 14 months. I, I also think that you guys, you know, my mom, my, mo my mom said this to me, and I, obviously this is like a famous quote, but this, she said this to me all the time growing up. She's like, there's two ways to stand out. You either are the first or the best. And... Uh, well, obviously, there's more that you could be the worst, but <laughs> but I guess for for when I look at Landvolt, you guys are actually not just the first. Like when I say first, I mean like at your level. Like there's a lot of like individual builders in sandbox sandbox, but I don't know if there's any quite even anywhere near your level. I think you guys are also the first, not only the first but the best as well. So I, in about twelve months, I don't know if you guys will be taking any project at that point. You guys, you might be working. You guys might be the ones building out the shoes for Nike or Adidas. Um, when they come in, come in the space. And I also think that personally, I do believe that Sandbox will also lead the charge for all all metaverses as well. I, I, I believe, just as I said, the barrier for entry and just the cool design of it. I, I'm a big fan of the design. Um, I just think it for at this stage where we are, it, it's just perfect for everybody. 
but I, I believe I really do. I've I've learned a lot in the sense of I th- I I think that every brand out there right now should start paying attention to building out their land in the metaverse and how they could start to market in Web three. Would you not agree with that? Hundred percent. I think it's uh it's gonna be a, a land rush, so to speak, when they actually figure it out. Right now, it's too small. It's a rounding error on their balance sheet. It's like Visa buying a punk. They didn't really care. It's the best yeah. form of marketing that they've ever done. And look at how many followers came. Look at how many people paid attention. Right. And what did that cost them? And it took an expense, typically. Right. They're gonna they're gonna throw a couple hundred thousand bucks in Facebook ads and just flush it down the toilet. Again, they don't care. It's a tiny rounding error. But what did they do? They bought a punk. The punk not only was it not flushed down the toilet, it appreciated. So now that marketing expense sits as an asset yeah. on their balance sheet, right? Whoever thought of that is a genius and should be promoted. And I think other brands are going to take notice and say, huh, look at all of the publicity, brand awareness, um, you know, respect that people are getting when they buy an ape or a punk or whatever it is. And it actually isn't an expense now. It sits on the asset side of the balance sheet. When did the marketing department ever make that kind of money? It doesn't happen, right? Marketing spends the money in course to sell the product and in turn does it. Marketing is very, very important. I don't want anyone to marketing to come get pissed. But um, typically when you spend money in marketing, it is an expense. And I, I think it's fascinating what, what they've done. And I think when brands figure out that digital real estate is an asset, yes, you spent money, but then you get to put your banner up. You get to build cool things and potentially monetize whatever's done like it not it's not an expense anymore also you just mentioned it as well like imagine the prices because you said it's an expense imagine the prices of these lands if you get one now in like five years if sandbox keeps building and like the brands integrated in sandbox aren't small brands already like that's a good indicator of where we'll be and is up like four or five hundred percent this year in in sandbox land like from That's crazy. The floor, what they were like four or five hundred percent already, and I think that it's going to continue uh, as popularity continue. Like the price supply and demand. As soon as they sell out of land and the land is done, oh, like now supply is capped. So it's going to be a very different ball game. Even if crypto winter happens, this stuff will will likely retain and hold, and you know it will go down. But um, I think if there's enough institutional awareness and brands coming in. Um, it's going to be wildly successful. Yeah, but even though you just like you said, crypto winner might come. Uh, people keep talking about that, but for me, you know, you said something. The the highlight of this episode was when you said you you know you bet on people, and I think our space is full of like this podcast is going to keep going no matter if it's a winner or a summer whatever people want to label it as. You're going to keep building on the land vault on land vault. Uh, Sandbox will keep developing that metaverse. So for me, I, I think regardless of its winner or whatever, we're all going to be still still be building. And so for me, I guess I, I, I always get confused by that term. Oh, winner's coming. Like I, for me, I just to me, it's the space is the same. It's all, all of us are still in it and building. That's the thing that matters the most to me. And I think that's what's going to really take this to the next level is our builders going to be able to weather the storm and actually innovate the space. 